Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Blaster Cannon, Den of Geeks, Star Wars, and Expanded Universe podcast. I'm your host, Megan, here with my uh, other hosts, Paul, Herman, and Seth. This week, we're breaking down the brand new and final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, plus bringing you Star Wars book and TV news. I think the biggest news as of last week was definitely the, the trailer, and then today we had brand new information, so there's quite Whoa. a lot going on. How were you guys? Did you stay up late to watch the trailer? I had to stay up late to watch the trailer. Did did you watch the football game? I did not watch the football game because uh, that game was atrocious. I knew it was (laughs) going to be atrocious. And I love football, but I refuse to watch anything with the Jets this year, especially with the New England Patriots defense playing as well as it did. The Jets are the worst. Yeah, the Patriots are the worst. And do not, I did not, <laughs> not regret ever saying that. Um, so I have a very yeah. specific reason why the Jets are the worst, which is, is that I went to college next to their training camp and they would play loud music at eight in the morning. And when you are a college student on the way to class, you do not want to hear loud music. They can play however they want. Their music is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that's uh yeah no i i because i'm on the the west coast i did not have to stay up that late it was only like like i think six thirty, seven o'clock when it when it premiered somewhere between there so it wasn't that bad for me actually <laughs> what yeah, time was, like, was it for you seth i think it was like 2 p.m or something i think it was like 2 30 when it finally happened me and my flatmate kelly were like basically just hovering around the tv waiting for like the tweet that said that it was out uh, refreshing YouTube until we got it. <laughs> I, for one thing, I don't know where we would have even watched the football if we could have, but also we wouldn't have, even if we could have. So we're going to have a lot to talk about that because the final trailer is going to be our main topic for later in this episode. We're going to break down scene by scene and talk about what we're excited about, what some kind of the Easter eggs are in the new the new scenes. So, But first, we're going to go over some news about the Star Wars expanded universe. So there are two books um, kind of on the horizon right now. One of them is Spark of the Resistance, which is out right now, and the other is Resistance Reborn, coming on November 5th. So Spark of the Resistance by Justina I. Ireland is a middle grade novel and I've read this one it's uh I thought it was cute it was kind of a nice like aliens versus first order story but I didn't find it nearly as entertaining as uh, Justine Ireland's previous novel which was the Lando's Luck because the character voices just seem very watered down a lot of the writing to me seemed very kind of talk down to the audience almost and I did not enjoy that I found this one weirdly sterile and maybe that's a problem with the characters in the sequel trilogy and maybe it's a problem with this particular book but it did contain glenna the feral scientist 
who's a great new Star Wars character. <laughs> so it was all right. Paul, you also have read part of this one, right? And we're not a huge fan. Well, it I'm not and he, not not a huge fan, but I'm not loving it exactly either. So I need to finish it. But yeah, I haven't really bought into everything completely. It's not been my favorite novel to read, you could say. But maybe it'll I'll change my mind after I get to the end. But something tells me that I probably won't, to be honest. <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to re- uh, listening to Resist- Resistance Reborn, which comes out on I'm Tuesday. I'm really excited for Resistance Reborn. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but they, this is not great in my opinion. I mean, it's not. But again, it's meant it's meant for a younger audience. Again, I have to I take that. As a, with Lando's a luck was so good. Yeah. You know what I should do is I should get my nephew to read these, and then uh, I can have his <laughs> his thoughts on it because he is actually the age group these are targeted at. He can be a guest reviewer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to pay him though. Oh god! So, damn it. <laughs> so <laughs> Resistance Reborn is the um, the Delray novel coming out next week, and I've started that. Um, they graciously provided me the audiobook, which is a medium that I don't do well. <laughs> so I'm currently trying to find times to ways to fit an audiobook into my life because I'm just a very like I work with text well, but with audio it has to be like a specific circumstance mm. for me to listen to it and enjoy it. So uh, but I have it. I'm working on it. It's okay so far. I really am excited to see kind of how all the characters come together. Um uh, Rebecca Roanhorse has some really interesting things to say about Poe and about what she wanted to do with his character. There have been a lot of excerpts from this to the point that I think some people are starting to count excerpts as spoilers. And I feel like a lot of those excerpts have been very similar. A lot of them have been conversations with new people who are coming into the resistance. And I'm a little worried that this book is going to have the same conversation happening over and over again. But I haven't finished. I'm barely into the first chapter. So... I can't say that it that would be that. And, and it seems like there's a lot of cameos, which is great because, you know, we're always about bringing different parts of the Star Wars universe together, making them feel cohesive. Yeah, I just got a copy of that today, so I'm excited. Also graciously provided by Delray. Thank you, Delray. Um, so I'm excited to get started into that. So the big news after this trailer, just today, it was revealed, I guess, that um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, known for their Game of Thrones project, were removed from their upcoming Star Wars project due to creative differences. And the kind of announcement had been that they were on for a trilogy, right? And... A lot of people were excited about this. A lot of people were unhappy about this, depending on how you feel about Game of Thrones and their <laughs> previous performance. So the there's a lot of rumors going around about this right now. Um, one of the key things that came out was, um, so this is reported in Variety and The Hollywood Reporter first, I believe. And Variety has a quote that says, the Star Wars period the pair was interested in exploring was how the Jedi came to exist. However, Lucasfilm executives and the creators began to see their visions for the films diverge during meetings last summer. A lot of fans have taken this to believe, or taken this to mean, that Benioff and Weiss wanted to do something with the force that Lucasfilm did not want them to do. Uh, I think that's quite possible, but not necessarily directly confirmed by either of these sentences. The official um, sources, like the, 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 the duo themselves, say 
There are only so many hours in the day, and we felt we could not do justice to both Star Wars and our Netflix projects, which they have two, I believe, Paul, is that correct? Upcoming Netflix projects? They have, well, they have, like, a a huge deal with Netflix that... Yeah, they're, they're like, going to do a bunch of things, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's for the next five years. They're developing... Oh, multiple, okay, so not so, clear exactly how many, but many. The quote is, regretfully, stepping away from Star Wars... Um, Hollywood Reporter speculates or, or says from their, their known and unknown sources that Kathleen Kennedy was not convinced that the pair who were known for focusing on one project at the time, and this is a quote from Hollywood Reporter, uh, could develop a sci-fi trilogy while also overseeing film and TV projects at Netflix. And to clarify, that is not a quote from Kathleen Kennedy, but that's a verbatim from the article. So I mean, that's fair. That's fair. You all probably know that a lot of how one feels about this is going to be entirely dependent on how one feels about these creators and about Game of Thrones. I was always concerned that there would be tonal differences between what they wanted to do and what has been typically done in the Star Wars world. They seemed more concerned with the machinations of people and the dynastic element of Game of Thrones rather than the fantasy or mythic element in Star Wars is so much about that mythic tone and so much less about putting injecting quote realism into fantasy and i think it's i always felt that that would not they would not be a good fit for star wars partially because of that partially because they usually make more mature rated content so this does not surprise me i'm fine with this on the other hand they're uh, they're enormously popular financially successful so in that way it, it is a loss i'm not gonna Honestly, I'd resign myself to the fact that they were doing a Star Wars thing. I was like, whatever. Maybe I'll like it, maybe I won't, but it's happening. But obviously, I'm not a huge fan of them and the creative decisions. I was pretty fired up about like their thing at that film festival recently that happened right before this happened, where they talked about how they conned HBO and they didn't know what the hell they were doing, and they kind of just treated it all as film school um, and refused to work with anyone who might know what they're doing. And generally, with that kind of stuff, Lucasfilm very much seems to prize being a well-oiled machine, but also being quite collaborative. And these guys very obviously do not work like that, um, which was kind of like a bad sign. But also, they talked about how they put a baby on a real ice block, and I wasn't a huge fan of that. I was not a huge fan of that. So I was kind of like, I don't want these guys who are willing to put someone in danger for the kind of shots they want to uh, be in Star Wars. But also finding out, like, apparently what they were working on was potentially the origins of the Jedi. Like what you said, Megan, like, they focus on, like, people and the, the kind of more dynasty kind of stuff. And I feel like going for, like, the roots of the Jedi, they would not have actually worked on that because they don't like fantasy. They don't care about fantasy. It doesn't make sense that they would go for something mythical like that. We're probably better off for not having them do that particular thing. So, Paul, you had mentioned earlier when we were just chatting about this that one of the reasons you found it strange that the collaboration aspect didn't work for them was that they had worked with George Lucas in the past on some of these ideas. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Like where, what's the yeah. source for that? What do you, how do you feel about their, the interpersonal aspect? It was confirmed in multiple things that they worked with, they were talking with George and, and, and working with him a little bit because one, he showed up on set of the last season of Game of Thrones. But besides that, you also have in the Variety article, and I believe in the uh, Hollywood Reporter article that was was released today, that they were working with George Lucas and talking about the Force, and and obviously that this is there there is reported that they were going to talk about the origin of the Jedi, and I think that is a very it's a big deal, 
and it remains to be seen if they are capable of doing that. But I'll be honest, I don't know if leadership, Lucasfilm leadership in general, is capable of nailing this down because one of my biggest criticisms of Lucasfilm is just they have there hasn't been a clear vision, and there's been it's just been messy from the from the out, outset. And I just I think Kathleen Kennedy is a good producer. I don't know, like, and I was talking about this with a friend of mine. I just don't know if she's good enough in some aspects. Again, it's my opinions and what I've seen because I liked stuff that she's done with Lucasfilm, and I've not liked things she's done with Lucasfilm, or I've been mixed feelings about things she's done with Lucasfilm as far as the films go. Um, that being said, I don't know if she is the right person creatively making decisions because I don't know if that's her strength. When I think of a Kevin Feige, I think of him who has a vision. Kevin Feige has visions. Now, granted, he's got adaptations he draws from. And I always say that about Kevin, that he's a brilliant because he knows what to take and take out. But Kathleen Kennedy, I just don't know that's her strength. She's a good filmmaker. She knows how to produce a film very well. And that obviously creative things go involved with or get involved with that. But as far as steerheading a giant franchise like Star Wars and and, and orchestrating the, the stories that you need to do and what needs to be done it's evident there's issues because of how many filmmakers she's gone through. And do you think Feige would have made a different decision when it comes to Benny and Weiss? Talking about Feige in place of Kathleen Candy is a very different thing anyways, because he would have made a lot of different decisions from the start. Oh, no, I'm only bringing him up because of the clear decisions that he made. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think it's just, it's hard. It's hard to say who would be able to do it better or who would be able to do it differently or if it could be done better because no matter what it's going to be a really hard role to lead star wars before solo came out there were so many rumblings of them having these ideas for things and like having these plans and then solo came out it was before solo look at gareth edwards and had to get tony gilbert oh, yeah. they had a plan for what they wanted in the future i think the thing you're both getting at but maybe you haven't direct totally said is that benioff and weiss's removal or stepping down has been symptomatic of disorganization throughout lucasville yeah yeah like is that the connection here yeah on one hand yes for that like i agree with that and i don't disagree with that like i obviously have no way to disagree with that anyways but on the other hand i am okay with like them hiring someone because i think they're right and then realizing they're not right and kicking them out instead of sticking with someone and ending up with something like you know justice league Justice League that was a whole fir- different animal. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, I know. Yeah. But that was the first thing I thought of with like committing to a person. And I mean, I know it was finished by a different guy, anyways. Like Batman and Superman versus Superman. Committing so hard to like one person you've got or one idea you've got and not like yeah. actually be good and right for what we're doing. And like, I would prefer, like, even if it is disorganized, like, I would prefer that if these people aren't going to work out, that they do get kicked out or step back rather than making a bad movie or making a movie yeah. that doesn't fit right and like to be fair like i was talking to uh mike cooper from 1138 earlier because um, he was talking about whether or not like phil and lord solo would be a solo that he would enjoy more and i was saying that it is potential for that like maybe they would have made a movie that i would have enjoyed more it wouldn't have had the l3 issues i have but for me personally like solo was never going to be my favorite movie anyway so like i don't have the hugest issues with that i feel like the solo example out of all of them is probably the best one because phil and lord like make good movies and they're pretty well regarded but that seems like it was more <laughs> clashing behind the scenes anyways it's weird because i love solo i love it and i think that oh, yeah, there's yeah. but i think that that's because again it had a clear vision from the writers what you had with that with solo is you had directors and writers fighting essentially and wanted to do different things with other issues you had with these other directors like josh trank 
<laughs> you have, I mean, but there's, it goes beyond that. I mean, there's, there's so many different instances of people not working out. There's something, there's, there's an issue. There is definitely an issue. And even the, the sequel trilogy seems like kind of a mess. That part of it is like they want to give up and coming people or people who seem like they have quite a big potential ahead of them, like a chance to make a thing. Like Joseph Trank originally seemed like an up and coming director who was going to do real good things. And then, you know, he did his thing with Benioff and Weiss. They they are going to go off and do things. But like with Game of Thrones, probably when they got them and originally like were in talks mm. with them originally, they were like, these guys are going somewhere with Game of Thrones, they're doing good stuff. And then, you know, that kind of fell apart. And I feel like part of that is because instead of banking on people that they know for sure will do what they want, like, I mean, they've done that with J.J. Abrams for, the la- for mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, right? They're banking on someone that they know will deliver what they need and can communicate with them and stuff like that. Instead of like... Not necessarily with Feige in general, but like it's the best thing I can draw from is like the people he tends to get for these things are people that are have shown that they are good at these things. Like that's why the Russos did the two big movies recently. He he doesn't necessarily get That's incorrect though, because the Russos were do you know what they did before Winter Soldier? Oh no, they I know did... before Winter Soldier, but like they ended up getting the big movie after doing that. In the right. same way that Abrams had, right? Like But even James Gunn didn't do anything. He, in fact I would the exact opposite. Feige gets people that he knows that can deliver, has a has a vision of what he wants, and he gets people, and he's made them bigger. Obviously, he made the Russos, because the Russos kept doing Captain America films, and they kept blowing up. The thing is, and this is something that Florian online, I actually 100% agree with, and I think this is the problem. And it goes back to my whole Feige versus Kathleen Kennedy ideas as far as what, what I've seen from producing so far is in solo is a little bit kind of in this vein that I like is you have a vision already with the writers, correct? There was a story already written and the problem with the, with the, with the Lord and Miller was that there was, there were tensions between the creative decisions of what they wanted to do, deviate from the script. That's what we all heard and read. And that's what the reason why they were exited out and they got Ron Howard to come in and basically save the film. And I love that. I love the story that, that, the the Kazans gave me. Now the difference is is that Kevin Feige, when he hires someone, he says, James Gunn, you know what? I think you'd be perfect for this film I want to do called Guardians of the Galaxy. And they 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 had a meeting and they worked it out. And that's the difference. Is I don't know if Kathleen Kennedy has these ideas all sorted out. I think the again, Ryan Johnson's a great example who may or may not make a Star Wars movie. And if I'm a betting man, I'm betting he's not going to make it still. Do you know what he would, do you know what he did or what his pitch was? He didn't have a pitch. He just had, yeah, I want to make more films with him. He's great. He's great to work with before the last Jedi even came out. And Benioff and Weiss, probably same thing. They're like, well, here's a couple ideas we have, but you know, let's kind of go from there. I think what Florian t- said on Twitter, and I'm going to 100% back it up. And again, is you need to have, I you need to have, ideas of what you already want you already have and weiss are in a unique place because they're both up and coming ingenues and very well proven um a lot of times there is this discussion about lucasfilm wants individual voices because star wars has always been kind of cutting edge and kind of unusual and they do want to bring in new people with new visions and i perfectly i understand exactly why they brought in benioff and weiss because they are relatively new but the thing they have done is hugely successful so i find it i think the thing that that you guys just said that kind of helped me reframe the way i'm thinking about this is that they are in a way still new at this even though they have a hugely successful thing they're now seeing the consequences of that, right? Like, yeah. I'm not saying whose fault it was, but I'm saying that sometimes when you're new, 
you don't always get what you want. And I mean, that can be true at any time in any point of someone's career. But this is a case where they had everything going for them and it's still and they were like, oh, and whether that's because of quality or because of a disagreement, I, I don't know. It sounds like it might be because of time of schedule and maybe money but whatever the reason is um i think it's interesting that that they can be framed either as very new or as very established depending on how you look at it like originally i was like yeah you know they know what they're doing they they have their ideas and stuff but like reading their own comments on how they really don't know anything um they really lucked out with having a good crew around them who really helped with that and a good cast and also i do feel like they knew in the way that they were like yeah we can do star wars we can do netflix we can do everything and then hitting them very suddenly of like oh no we can't actually do everything because they are again new they've been working on one tv series for ages right like they they do need to learn how to balance stuff um and if it means they're not on star wars i'm okay with that like i'm sure they'll go make great things on netflix that people will love I forgot which writer it was, and I, 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 it's on there. But one of the, I think it's Philip Lord. I could be wrong, but I, one of the writers on Twitter, like an hour later, d- just wrote one word, "Yep," and I'm pretty sure it's in regards huh. to uh, all this uh, Vinny Off and Weiss stuff. So yeah, huh? So I, I just want to throw that out there. I and listen, I, I want to say this for the record. I don't think Kathleen Kennedy's done a bad job. I just think for like things like the origin of the Jedi, this, this, I want to, I honestly, I want someone in, in Lucasfilm that has a better creative outlet and I kind of, at least of mindset and, and more organized in that way, because you, you need, you know, in creative, you need to be able to have a balance of what to make fans happy with and what to push things. And I feel that it's one of the hardest things to do in creative in anything creative, right? And I go, I go back. I go back to Kevin Feige, and I, I, th- I think he's done a brilliant job of that. Being a hardcore Marvel fan, he's done all of that for me. And not say he'd be perfect for Star Wars, but someone like that, where we can, sit, they can say, you know what, for Star Wars fans, we need to push this a little further for him, or you know what, for this, we need to keep fans are not going to like that because of this or that. And sometimes you need to have that balance. And I'm wary of talking about fans as a monolith. We could talk yeah. about what fans want. I'm also wary of them, ever... but that could mean so many different things it's reality I though think, hate to yeah, say but, it. it's reality ah but reality. that's the problem that's that the problem reality, exactly is that, reality. how do you define that you don't that's the problem you gotta take risk but you can't take calculated risk yeah well that's the mm. thing right so the fans... Thrones, they they didn't care what fans thought about what they did at all um and that did end up creating issues near the end um they didn't they didn't care about any feedback they didn't want any feedback on their show so they wouldn't have cared what fans wanted for star wars anyways for the origins of the jedi and they could have ended up butting heads with the fandom because of that even more than ryan i mean like i know like a person in general who has like that creative vision the thing is we don't know we don't know what disney or lucasfilm actually have as they're planning we only see what happens and like the problem is that they're not clear at communicating to us what that is if they do have that and also i am wary of ever listening to or cheer they're not all cheers but or cheer dude filmmakers because they will always have quite a relatively egotistical view of their own work yeah I mean, which is what you need to survive if you are like gotta be confident right I mean, yeah but I mean, those guys have always they they fail up like even if they haven't failed like that is what happens is they fail up i wonder if this isn't an exception to that i don't think you're wrong but i also have to look at well they actually did fail here they actually did get 
it removed from the project, whether it was their choice or not. Yeah, I don't think like whether it was just in their poverty time or anything, skills. but they were removed from the project. I think we'll get a good, we'll, they'll do good things that people will love, and it will work out in the long run. And I'm happy in my own little corner here, so it's all good. I like the confirmation that Lucasfilm was thinking about doing something about the origins of the Jedi, because that is like how the Jedi came to exist. There could be so many stories there that's if that's it, yeah. well done. I just that's want weed for stuff could be so, so bad. Yeah, I'm with you, Seth. Star is one of the few Star Wars eras that kind of does, in fact, please everybody. Talking about the next film that's going to be coming out after Rise of Skywalker, I fe- I, I've been saying this, I've been pounding this for a long time. I, even even before it was confirmed that by Variety, I, I say it's confirmed by Variety because it's Variety, but the fact that the origin <laughs> of the Jedi, I was saying the logical next step for Lucasfilm that's safe for them, that they, they know that fans have been asking for, they've been pounding the table for, has been a KOTOR-like series. Not saying yeah, but KOTOR, KOTOR isn't isn't KOTOR is centuries, like millennia after the origin of the Jedi. I, I said like, 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 not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know what you mean. It's, yeah, like, it's ancient Jedi. He's definitely conflating them also. Right. But that's, oh yeah. my God, y'all. We're Star Wars fans. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just because, no, I say that because I'm a really big fan of the area in the EU before the origin of the Jedi and no, after the origin of the Jedi and before the origin of the rule of two for the Sith, because that is a wild time in the galaxy. It is a it fun, is. wild yeah. time. And Tales I want the, that. Yeah. I do in, want that. In Tales of the Jedi, I love that comic series. Well, not uh, the Golden Age. Golden Age of the Sith is terrible. But the, the ones, yeah. the, the original, the original Tales of the Jedi with, with Yulik Kaldroma and all that and, and Nomi Sunrider. Love that stuff. But, oh, yeah. and the Knight Errant novel has some great stuff in it. And the Knight Errant comics. Good stuff. Yeah, see, and there's, and that's what you read that novel because that was a weird novel, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's and why it, I liked it so much, is it was weird. Yes, and that's what needs to, and that's what's gonna something like that's the next film. We because remember, don't forget about the the lady who did the show, who was a showrunner for Altered Carbon for Netflix, was working on a Kotor script. That was the rumor that got leaked yeah. out there, and I and I you have I have to think that it's still being developed, and I think the next film, regardless, because I think Rise of Skywalker is gonna do fine. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't think it's going to blow Force Awakens away, but I think it's going to probably be on the level of Last Jedi, maybe a little bit more. But either way, I think it'll be successful. And I think that the next Star Wars film is very critical because it's probably going to be, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm not saying it's, it has to be, but I would assume it's probably going to be Kathleen Kennedy's last movie she does because that's three years from now and she has a you know three-year extension and it'll be right around the end. And I'd, I'd imagine it could be, or it could very well could be her end, and, and could be a good send off for her. God, and you either, say her end like she's gonna die. <laughs> well, you know, but and and at Lucasfilm, excuse me, but I just think that you have to play it safe. And again, I go back to the idea of the, the, this is the one thing they haven't done in film yet that that fans have been pounding the table for. They've been pounding the table for a Boba Fett Mandalorian thing. We're getting that. Pounding the table for an Obi Wan thing. We're getting that. We got the sequel trilogy. It, you know, what else the fans wanted? I mean, from a, as a as a overall, you'd say generalized people, what they'd all be asking for. A lot of people want ancient Jedi stuff, like something of the Force nature, and it'd be nice to get that. And I think that this is the last thing that they could probably do before they move on further to the timeline from the Rise of Skywalker is go back and really explain some history of the Jedi versus the Sith. And I think that is. You're printing money at that point, and I think if you get the right writing team on board, oh yeah, you know, it's, if you get the if you get the right creative team on that, it could be 
amazing huge. yeah huge. huge i really hope you're right that that is the next thing because i mean yeah. i mean you all know i want far future star wars but that's unlikely uh we're not getting that anytime soon but past star wars like that's very likely and that would be extremely cool and i do want that but i also feel like yeah they've got they're like they've got some good tv stuff coming out so i guess we'll see what happens there as well yeah I, I, you know yeah hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The writer, I just wanted to point this out because I looked it up a second ago. The writer from Altered Carbon, who was rumored to be in consideration is called Leta Calogridis is her name. If you want to find more about that. Yeah. So I, I think that there's, if I'm, I'm a betting man, I would bet 100%, especially with Benioff and Weiss developing this whole thing. I think that was the focus of the next film. And, and again, there is, don't forget uh, Bob Iger just, just literally two months ago was like, Benioff and Weiss, they're next. Like they're up next. Like he was, pushing them this is after the fallout of game of thrones this is after the netflix deal this is all like he was pushing for them and this was the idea they had so i and it wasn't ryan johnson it was them so to me this whether it was their pitch or whatever i i just it just seems to me this is a no-brainer that the the, the ancient something ancient jedi of whatever is the next film which yeah i don't think them leaving changes the fact that this is going to be a movie they're going to make like this seems like a thing that they're going to do yeah i i, yeah. I kind of with you i i don't know if it's that i hope i kind of hope it's not the origin of the jedi personally but yeah, I, I don't think, i don't yeah. want that ever to be explained in canon like i like that being a mysterious kind of amorphous thing in the past yeah. but like old jedi sith stuff yeah before like the actual establishment of everything that we know now so cool you have yeah. so many oh god you have some good yeah. stuff in there i'm with i'm with you sav i think that's next i think that's next yeah. Are you saying you didn't like Mortis, Seth? Oh, no, I love Mortis. Yeah, I, I love want more Mortis. of that. Yeah, I want yeah, more exactly. of that. <laughs> Seth, I think we See? both agree on that. I can't believe yeah, that. That's all I agree on. I'm the yeah, one. I'm the odd one out on yeah. that one. Girl, you're crazy. I just, I just spent a bunch of money on <laughs> I just spent a, mu- I spent a bunch of money on Mortis uh, stuff on Etsy. I just Aww. put like 40 bucks. I mean, Squadron Gold is amazing. Look it up, people. That's free publicity for y'all. It's, it's great stuff. <laughs> great stuff. So, speaking of Mortis and weird Force things and the next Star Wars movies, let's talk about The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to do some speculation. We're going to break down the trailer. I started my list of things I want to talk about with the Space Horses, because I think they're the most important part. (laughs) They're beautiful. (laughs) 
I was so excited when they first like revealed there were going to be more space horses in this movie, but there were different space horses because we all know I was riding that space horse train before the last Jedi. <laughs> Literally looking up the spoilers for the Fathers just to know more about them. I'm excited for these Orbacks. They look really cool, and also they're riding. They're running on a ship as it's as it's happening. Like yeah, they're on how a does this shore. work? They're in a star destroyer that may or may not be on the water. So we have Poe. The scene where Poe, Finn, and Janna, and Rose maybe in the background. Um, we actually have an article on Den of Geek that does have great pictures with a breakdown. And then I referenced those pictures and dug around and found some of the Easter eggs. And so if you have questions about the trailer breakdown, we do have an article about that on the website. Um, and among it is the pictures of the space horses. So these are my favorite thing about this. <laughs> so... The next thing that I thought was remarkable about this trailer was Ray's dialogue. And, of course, in this area, we're always going to be speculating. They, re- they might remix dialogue. They always do. It doesn't sound what it looks like. Sometimes it is. Ray says, says, no one knows who I am. And she's still trying to find who she is. And I find this... I have very much two minds about this. I think, number one, it's really important to have a character looking for herself as the lead in a movie that's marketed largely toward children. It's a very, you know, anyone can see that and say, well, I also either want to know who I am or have a strong identity and had a journey to get there or is interested in the idea of identity as part of a story. But I also feel like every time the Star Wars movies try to tackle who Rey is, there seems to be this big empty question mark in the middle. And I don't know that it works for me. It's like Mm. she doesn't know who she is, but the, the narrative needs to be pointing towards something. And... Right now, I have no idea. Not that I need to be able to predict it, but I need to be able to build it, build on something, right? Mm. So we know Ray wants to find her family. Is she still looking for family? Is she looking for? Uh, is she still looking for a Jedi teacher? I'm not sh- sure. I, I want more about what does no one knows who I am really mean? And in the trailer, of course, Kylo Ren answers her and i want to we can talk about him now we can talk about him a little bit later either one but do you guys have thoughts about like ray's characterization or where you think she's going from what we've seen in this trailer i have thoughts but kind of different to you the way i interpreted that was that she knows who she is but other people well she she has an idea of it but nobody else really gets it it seems like everybody's kind of like misinterpreting her and not understanding her but also my theory is that we've ha- we have fake outs. Like we've had fake outs. Like we had Finn as the Jedi and then we had um Ray turning evil slash Kylo turning good as like our fake outs for the previous two movies. And I think the fake out for this movie is gonna be Ben Demption. It feels like they're pushing to keep like the whole Ray and Kylo thing happening so that like, I don't know, maybe Ray will redeem Kylo, blah blah blah. Um I personally don't think it's her him replying to her in the trailer and that like she's saying that to somebody else maybe. To me it doesn't make sense that she would be saying these things to Kylo Ren after the last movie. Especially after like it being a year or something and she's been recruiting people for the rebels and he's been off being a terrible first order leader like i could be totally wrong on this but this is my thing is that that's the fake out and that she's not like she's saying it to like finn or something because she's frustrated about like the rebel the resistance doing stuff or something i feel like this movie because it's the last one of the trilogy if it does keep having ray questioning herself there's no reason not to just have her find it in this ray's identity and role and all this is i just rewatched the force awakens and last jedi and 
I made it no secret. I've not been stoked with how of Ray Rando. I'm still not a fan of Ray Rando completely <laughs> because the problem is they've, I wouldn't mind Ray Rando as much if there was more. I just feel like there, you just can't be like, Oh, she came from nowhere and that's it. That's it. No big deal. She's just an average Jedi. It just, it, there's, there's more to the story because everyone, everyone's special, but everyone can't be the same special because if that means no one's special, does that make sense? There's gotta be, there's, <laughs> there's, mean- there's, the plot of the Lego movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen the Lego movie, so I have no it's idea. It's very so. good, and it's literally about what you just said. You should watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's literally that. <laughs> but, but regardless, is that there There has to be something special about Ray because she is, you know, she's powerful. They, they've, they've made that very evident that she can, she's basically a reaction to the Force or the dark side of the Force. And then Snoke had mentioned it and whatnot. But there needs to be more explanation of who she is and what, her role is exactly with the Skywalkers and whatnot. I feel that that Ryan kind of left that open, to be honest. And I think JJ is going to answer it. And I think he's definitely going to answer it because he addresses that right away. Or he says, you know, no one understands. You know, basically, I'm not paraphrasing, but no one understands me as I do. And it's. Uh, I love your color, Ray. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. But uh, but no, but, but there's. I think there's significance, and and we we've gotten from Daisy Ridley herself that it's all explained in this movie. Explaining it all in the second movie would have just been kind of like, ooh, no mystery for the third movie. It's frustrating to not know things and to not have things. But that's what the middle things do of trilogies is they answer some stuff, but leave a lot of it open for the final thing. Once the third thing comes out, it's like, oh, cool, everything makes sense now. At least that's what I'm hoping for because that's kind of like generally what happens. With trilogies, I guess. With Ray, I'm trying not to read too much into it because I have no, I know nothing about this movie, people. I know nothing, and I'm <laughs> very, very excited about that. It's the first time. Whoa, you get trilogy. to experience it like me. Yes, I'm actually gonna watch things without being scared <gasps> to death. I'm very excited. Very excited. That's so exciting. When I when I watch a trailer and I hear her say, you know, no one understands me, blah blah blah. You know, you know, as I do, and we've and I've read the. The little I've read about stuff about there is a connection between Ray and Kylo Ren. It I trying to get my hopes up, but the movie is called Rise of Skywalker. You talk about her, her trying to find her place and belonging, Megan. I'm like, the movie's called Rise of Skywalker, and if it's not, <laughs> ah, it's just so maddening to me because I because I want she is to looking it. for her family. That's what yeah, she wants. Geez. It doesn't, doesn't make sense for her alone. to be a Skywalker at this point. I didn't. Oh, oh wait, you're saying they need to get married. Is no, that what you're saying no, I do? no, 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 no. I'm not, All right. I'm not, I'm not we cannot go there. I'm not a I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not saying she has to be blood related. I'm saying like, what does it mean? And I'm, because I'm very much, I love the idea of taking the name. I do love that. Or having it be a title within the Jedi ranks of something. Because obviously Luke, Luke's in this movie. We know we hear his voice. But I do predict that Luke will have something to do with the very end of the movie as in an action sequence of some kind. Probably. I'm assuming. It just makes more sense that way. But I just it can't be him who rises. It doesn't it just doesn't oh, no, it's not gonna be him. Like exactly. I agree with you. Like there's gonna be something that will exp- I mean, obviously it's gonna be something that explains the name of the title. And like Ray is gonna in some way be important to the Jedi legacy and also the Skywalker legacy, even if it's just in spirit. There's no reason to hold back on that. What exactly does that mean for for Ray? And, I, and that's what I'm excited to know about because you know I'm, I'm she does not have to be blood related for me to be happy. I want to make that very clear. But I want the name to li- like I want to have it meaning at the end because it's called the Skywalker Saga. And let's be real, they say it's the quote unquote last one. But let's be real, 
It's not going to be the last oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be if, in, if in, like, 20 years they bring them back, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and so yeah. let's let's keep it let's keep it going. So I feel that this, <laughs> I feel let's trailer, give us a reason to have more. Yes, I, I feel that this trailer did a great job of hearkening back to those things that we that again that JJ did do a good job of setting up in The Force Awakens, and this trailer is chock full of great imagery. And again, that's JJ's. He knows how to put up. He knows how to put up a good looking movie. There's lots of things in here where I feel like he might have learned from his mistakes in the previous. Again, not only he made a ton of mistakes in The Force Awakens, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but I think it's good. There is one part in this in this trailer that made me just go, yes. And that is the floating freaking iceberg in this trailer. How cool is that thing? That is straight up 100% space fantasy. And I like cheered. It looks so cool. And that's what's missing in a lot of these Star Wars things. And again, it. it, it depends on the kind of story you're telling but it's space fantasy and that's one that oh I just, that is so perfect and i feel that more stuff like that in the future star wars films please we're on the same page there buddy i think palpatine's throne also looks very much like it's pure fantasy and we're finally getting the throne that was supposed to be on had abaddon in this confrontation with Palpatine that was always in, in early drafts. I don't want to say always because Lucas did many, many drafts, but in a version, Luke was supposed to fight Palpatine in this lava planet and he had a throne, Palpatine had a throne that looked like that. So making that the conclusion is very much in fitting with the tone, like tone of what Star Wars has always been. I also think I actually have watched this trailer and came away with, you know what, maybe Ray is actually related to Luke and Leia for a specific reason. And it's because of that, the way they put together, the Force will be with you always, where Luke and Leia are speaking. And framed, that quote, frames Ray. And I looked at that and went, oh, like if they're doing kind of symbolic placement of her they're placing her directly inside that skywalker family and whether that's by blood or not i don't know but i i came out of that going oh maybe paul was right <laughs> i hope i'm right i mean i i mean i don't want to be selfish here but i hope i'm right just because I, I just i feel like all of us grew up on the skywalker saga star wars that was the star wars we all know and i feel that the name regardless if this is a story that george lucas wanted or not i feel the name skywalker needs to have a something significant tied to it at the end of the day i hope ray is like the next chosen one i want ray to be like a really significant character of the jedi going forward and i mean she is but i mean i want her to have like anakin level stuff mm -hmm. where she's like you know yeah. falling out you I know think, I, I think she will end up in that role like, I want her to be birthed of, like, the Force. That's what I want. And that's why huh. I want... That would make more sense than then. That's why The Force Awakens would make more sense of a title. Because The Force would finally awaken in her. Because she was born of the Force. And that's why, I ultimately, I I loved Anakin being this this Force baby, essentially. Just because her parents were, like, some useless people in the middle of nowhere doesn't mean she wasn't. Agreed. The Force yeah. just guided, you know, her to the right place at the right time. Because she was born of it anyways. Shmi still had to get pregnant and have a baby. The Force yeah. didn't just give it to her. <laughs> Unfortunately, she had to go through all of that first. Right, right. And that's the thing is, like, I just, the whole, I know a lot of people didn't like that in, in the Phantom Menace. And, and that's why I think they probably were scared to kind of do that. But it seems like they realize now, in Disney's perception of the prequel trilogy, 
is actually changed. And if you look at it, 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 I hate to say it, but like things like prequel memes and things like that, even though it is like teasing a lot of times, people love the prequels. And people it, love it, the prequels. Yeah. And I think they realize, oh man, we made a mistake. We shouldn't, we shouldn't like bask away from the prequels. People love the prequels. It's not just dirty word. It's actually a very loved thing. And I think that JJ even himself realized, oh man, I thought maybe some people like this. No, no, a lot of people like this. And I think he kind of learned, I think in general, Star Wars realized, man, their you know leadership, Disney leadership and whatever has embraced that. And I hope that if that's the case, it may inform Ray going forward in, in that instance. So I hope that I'm right. I hope I'm right. Kylo and Ray, based on the trailers we've had, seem to have at least three major confrontations. One in the desert, one in the watery, wreckage which seems to be the death star wreckage on a moon called kafbir and one in this white facility where they destroy a plinth or a statue or something that looks a lot like a relic of darth vader a baby vader yes and that i think is interesting because those are three they seem to be unless one of them is a force vision which we know there's going to be some kind of force vision stuff in here because we've seen it with dark ray already Unless one of those is a vision, those are, that's a lot of fight scenes, not to mention the stuff with the space horses, not to mention maybe um, Zori Bliss has her own action scenes. Maybe, I, I feel like you can't put a character in a costume like that and then not give them a scene where they shoot someone. But the uh, that's a lot, and it's a two-hour two hour movie. So I'm really curious about how those confrontations are going gonna to play out. And what exactly are they fighting? There's so much to unpack in that in that one scene of the. It seems to be like a white walled place, it's like Cloud so City. White and clean. That I wouldn't be surprised if that is some kind of like vision or like force quest kind of thing. Ray has a knife in that yeah, scene. Yeah, some kind of dagger. Yeah. Which, which some people are saying might be the dagger of Mortis. It's which would I think it's just a dagger. Yeah, I think it's just. A I dagger. wish. Okay. I think it's. I think it's like the <laughs> grave really of Mara like, Jade all over again. <laughs> yeah, because you guys, you guys are like you like Mortis and you don't think it is, and I don't like Mortis. But the more I researched that, the more I was like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, if they do go to Mortis, you know, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> so, um, kind of two more things that I want to cover before we wrap up, and one of them is. Our pal friend Patine. We get more Emperor Palpatine dialogue. We see a snippet of his hand. Yes. Any thoughts about his um the new uh scenes we got from him and the the fact that his plan he says his plan is coming together, but like villains always say that. So <laughs> I mean we do know with Palpatine though, he is a master planner and he has been he planned the destruction of the Republic for a long time before it happened. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if it's part of his plan. He also could just straight up be lying to sound cool. Uh, and I also wouldn't be surprised by that because he's Palpatine. But I think, I don't know. I feel like he has been planning some domination of the force thing that this is going to lead towards. Um, Cinder has been all over the expanded universe. Well, for that's the thing, right? Out. Like we've got stuff like operation Cinder. Like he had some kind of plan. There was something happening that he intended here. Um, so it makes sense if, there is some, like, grand plan that they're all playing into. Um, I don't know. I also just, like, spider legs. Spider leg Palpatine. <laughs> Give it to me. Spider leg Palpatine. <laughs> when I saw him on the thing and I was just like, they gave us spider legs as well? 
Yeah, you know, there's so many different theories, and I'm so glad I stayed away from everything because I can't. Im- I just can't with this movie specifically. I just can't imagine knowing. I mean, I have my speculation. I think yeah. I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty on the money with some things. Like we all know, like obviously he's haunting something, and the the Vader mask is is involved because we see Ray like destroy it in that trailer or the whatever or like, destroy an idea of it. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I I, th- I think that's a little. I, the reason why I think that's a real that's real real is because we know Kylo Ren puts his mask back together and he's wearing his mask and it has the red stuff on it, I believe. So. That's why I think it's real, that part. Um, but but anyway, um, but yeah, I, I just kind of think that there's, you know, there how Palpatine is involved. It, it, again, does he possess someone? Is he just is that why he's in the chair, and and everything? Like we just don't know. And that's what's so exciting is how obviously there's a throne. Someone's got to sit on it, and he's he's floating around in something right there with with Ray. And again, it, it makes me think that Palpatine is involved in Ray's origin at some point it, it, with something. I believe it is canon because of Tarkin, and this could be retconned, but it is confirmed Plagueis was the one who basically created Anakin because he's because it's him manipulating with the dark side was, again, Palpatine's quoted in the book of saying his inner monologue to himself or something like that, that... Because Plagueis was messing with the Force, the Force had to react to that. So it's basically, there was a reaction to that whole thing was Anakin. And I think that with with Palpatine, it could be that same thing. And I think that's what makes more sense than if, you know, he says this plan of bringing you two together. That would make sense. He's talking about everyone coming together. So I think it's like, not just them, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, He's not just saying, he's saying you all coming together. I, I think it's like he's talking to you all as in you all two of you. That's you don't right. say you all to two people. Yeah, I do. I do it all the time. <laughs> no, that's saying y'all, but y'all is different to you all. <laughs> or you guys. That's also different. I, but I, I think Palpatine <laughs> would say you guys. Yeah, it makes more sense now that you guys say that, but I still think he's talking to he's talking to just a few people. Or yeah. even it could be like the rebellion, no, the resistance, the First Order, and the Empire all coming together, even. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what that is, but I am just really like, because for ages it's been hinted that there's something with the Empire that's kind of separate from the First Order, but like they never really go into that much, and so it's kind of just like whatever, maybe it's First Order stuff, they're off doing their own thing somewhere, and Operation Cinder with the stuff with all of that and what Palpatine is doing and like for ages I've just kind of like, whenever I get like a little piece of that, I've been like, yes! What does it mean? And it feels like this movie is going to answer that, and I'm just oh, real excited for that stuff. That's why I'm excited for Palpatine, because I feel like he connects all of that. I agree. I agree. Do you believe them that you think Palpatine was always the villain? I think, I kind of feel that that was the original idea with George, like he was always going to bring back Palpatine. But I also feel that they weren't going to do that at first. And then once Ryan destroyed Snoke, I think that's when JJ was like, we're bringing Palpatine back. I mean, possibly. I would he love to yeah, it would be nice to know. I don't know if we ever will. It would be nice to know, but I feel we like eventually, but Snoke not is such a ridiculous villain, big man behind the curtain kind of thing, that the potential, like, Abrams may have had, like, laughed with some people being like, haha, Snoke could be behind all this for all we know, but being like, whoever comes next will decide that. I mean, pa- Palpatine, whatever. And whoever comes next will decide that. And then, like, maybe him and Ryan joking about it or whatever. The confrontation in Return of the Jedi was not... Lucas wrote so many drafts, and the confrontation in Return of the Jedi was not necessarily how the saga was going to end. And how that's connected to this? You never know, in terms of what... 
did Lucas want what was limited by technology, etc. But I think that I think it's a really interesting question, and, and I'd like to know the answer. In hindsight, it makes sense that he would come back because we have the original heroes back. It makes sense like the big villain would come back too because he's been the big villain of all three trilogies, yeah. well, the original two trilogies. It makes sense he'd be the big villain of this as well. But it literally never occurred to me until we heard his laugh in that trailer. It feels fitting. I'm got, I'm just really excited that I don't know what's going on, and then Palpatine is coming back, and there is that greater evil. Because one thing, my wife. And my wife uh, is an English major and studied story structure and all that stuff. And I remember when the, when I, I always talked to her about the sequel trilogy when it was being, you know, before we knew anything, you know, I said, well, what could they, what could it be? And I always thought Plagueis was a great idea because if you want to do something different, but you needed to kind of have a, a reason to have the, it exist in the first place would be to have, and she always told me was, well, if, if they're going to, if it's, the natural sequel for this would be to have, a resurrection like the the old evil comes back that that's just the natural kind of way that needs to happen like what you know you just it kind of res whatever he kind of always told me that like that's the natural storytelling way to do things and and then when it didn't happen i'm like well that's interesting because that's something that you know she's like yeah that is not totally typical and it's 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 not it's typical and it's not always a bad thing but she was like yeah it's very very much where the net that's where it should go from this point and then she ends up being right essentially in the third movies so i'm like oh well she ended up being right actually so yeah <laughs> so it's it's just interesting that again it may it just makes sense for if you're gonna make if you're gonna justify everything in this third trilogy you need to have a real reason and i think that an ancient something that's always been there needs to happen and that's what she kind of said like you're always there has to be if there, whatever the story was going to be, she said that the, the villain has to be always there so at some point. So she, that's why she said it could be Palpatine. It could be, she thought Plagueis was a really good idea. She thought that would be a genius idea because you're calling back to, he's always been there, but then never, and then came back after the fact because of whatever. But she said, yeah, it's, it's got, it's got to be an ancient, something's got to have, have always, has had always been there and had a reason to be always been there. And it makes more sense now because Sidious has always been there. So it's, it's, it's Something the right thing to do. I liked about the trailer was that they have that fleet of Star Destroyers. Apparently there was, there were huge fleets massing on either side, right? We got so many resistance ships and then it looks like a, ship graveyard or like star destroyers frozen in stasis or something mm. yeah it's a real uh lucentia kind of vibe coming on there from the excellent books <laughs> it's a good yes so and those could be imperial remnant they could be palpatines they could be something else booster terror. I think they were ships hidden in reserves by palpatine or like the people after palpatine who had the instructions to do it it's got something to do with that boy. I I can feel it <laughs> in my toes. <laughs> That's not so, the phrase I wanted, but there we go. <laughs> but it's the phrase we needed. It's the phrase we so, needed. So the only other thing I wanted to kind of acknowledge that we know now based on this trailer, the kind of brand new thing really is that uh, Dominic Monaghan's character appears. So we see him very briefly along with Rose and Connix. In yes, we also finally see Rose in a thing. Yes. So he's on the he's on the resistance side. So we have a look at, a look at him now. There's of course so much more in this trailer. There's um, okay. C3PO. We do need to mention yeah, three PO, three PO yeah. potentially dying. Yeah. That's a lot. He's fine. He's fine. I never wow. thought that three PO would make me emotional, and then 
that line happened in that trailer, and I was like, are you kidding me? Am I going to cry I, about 3PO in this movie? <laughs> I'm imagining... I'm usually here for tragedy and here for sad things, but I'm just imagining if if A New Hope was coming out today, right? Just just hand wave it. Let's just pretend A New Hope is episode nine. And they had included a clip of C-3PO saying, they're dying in there. And any, <laughs> everyone thought that everyone was going to die. I just feel like that's what's happening here. I know he's like hooked up to a machine and the droid, the, the tech is working on him. Bobby and Frick. there's things going on. Babu Frick is there. But I don't, I can't be nervous every time C-3PO is nervous. It, <laughs> that would honestly it would be fair. Too much. It's an unhealthy way to live, everyone. <laughs> yeah, don't be nervous when he is because he's he's always nervous. Uh, my favorite thing about that is if 3PO is like dying or whatever and like having a last look at his friends, like everybody loves us there. And then Zori Bliss is also there. <laughs> it's like, I imagine for her it's just real awkward to be there at that moment. Yeah, it three PO is one of my favorite characters. So this is a very Luke. It's very I don't I I don't think they they would, they would telegraph him dying completely in the very beginning of this. So I'd like to think that we'll see if that actually happens. But yeah, I I would be very devastated if they killed three PO. I grew up loving the droids, and hopefully he uh, he makes it out alive. I hope he does. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, I think he will, but. You never know. This is he a just, lot. It's like he thinks he's gonna die, and they're like, "Three people, we just putting red eyes in. It's fine." That that would be funny. That would be pretty <laughs> good, right? That'd be pretty good. He's just getting contacts. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that's gonna be our show for today. Hopefully, we didn't end on too much of a downer note with uh, three PO. I think overall, if he well, doesn't at some point in this movie be like, "I see three PO." Maybe you didn't recognize me because of the red eyes. Like, if he doesn't say that, I will be thoroughly disappointed in this movie. Good. So thank you guys for coming on with me and for the listeners for listening. Let's do social media and plug the things you want to plug. So where can we find you on social media? What other projects are you working on? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, aka Pthug. Uh, I've started a new podcast called the Comics, or it's called Binge Com or Comic Binge Podcast. You can find it on Twitter at Binge Comic, and we're on Apple on all that stuff, uh, Apple Podcasts. So go look us up at the Comic Binge Podcast. We uh, have like I think four episodes out, and we have a fifth one that'll be coming out I think this week sometime. And it's been a lot of fun. Basically, the premise is my buddy Chris and I take a set of comics from a comic subscription subscription service like Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe. And we talk about it and we talk about where to binge afterwards, like where to go, where do you want it, where will this take you and you help you kind of figure out where to go with your comic reading. Because sometimes reading comics can be very, very challenging in a sense of where you go, where do you start, et cetera, et cetera. Well, right now we're kind of doing all kinds of things. We have Marvel, DC. We're going to eventually get to non-Marvel books soon. Uh, I would expect some Star Wars stuff at some point here in the next month or so. So, yeah, it, it's been a labor of love for us to do this it's you know comic mediums are my favorite things in this in my life and uh i want to promote it as much as i can so please check out my new podcast the comic binge podcast and that's on you can follow us on twitter at binge comic cool. it makes sense that so. you would do that as a thing for sure Love all right comics. me uh i'm on twitter at wand austin <laughs> w-a-n-t-e-r-l-u-s-t-i-n 
Uh, I have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash wanderlustin, where I post about writing game development stuff. Sometimes I just post pictures. Uh, yeah, that's me right now. All right, cool. And I can be fine. Uh, can be fine. I'm a writer <laughs> on Twitter at blog full of words. Thank you for listening. And uh, this podcast is distributed by Den of Geek. You can find us uh, on um Oh my gosh, the new URL. This is it. This is going to be the end of me. Finally. It's not denofgeekus.com. <gasps> oh, we have a .com. We nice. do. We've so actually exciting. had a .com for a while. This is a great ending. Thank you all Oh, wait. Also, wait. Our our Twitter, the, the oh, Twitter yes. for this podcast is at Blaster Cannon Pod, and you can do this on there. Yes, please. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 